Hello, my name is Gail Durr, and today I will be reading from Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. But before we read this section, let's review a bit where we have been and what we have learned. During the first two chapters, Paul focuses on our identity in Christ and the importance of understanding that there is now oneness and peace in Christ. Jews and Gentiles are all now one in Christ. We are now all able to be part of God's family. The riches of God are now available to all of us through Christ. Paul had a prayer in chapter 1 for the believers to know the blessings that God has poured out on them. And now Paul's closing out this chapter 3 with a prayer for spiritual empowering for the believers, this young church community, as they continue to live their lives for Christ. So I will now read Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What I like to think of is I like to think of Paul in prison thinking about these young believers in Ephesus. He's thinking, I have told them all these truths, but will they really get it? Do they really understand? And he is full of compassion and he's full of desire and urgency for them to understand what he is telling them. So he starts out in verses 14 through 15, and he says, When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. When Paul thinks about this, he can't help himself. He falls on his knees to the Father. He is overwhelmed with his desire for them to understand for them to know the strength, for them to know God's love that is theirs. I couldn't help but wonder when was the last time that I had fallen on my knees because I desperately wanted one of my children or grandchildren or friend or extended family to not only know God, but to experience more of Jesus and all the riches that are ours here on earth to understand the abundant life in Christ. Quite often when I pray, I pray for everyday circumstances, 
Maybe I'm praying for friends. Maybe I'm praying for health. Maybe I'm praying for behaviors or possessions. But again, we see Paul praying for them to know their life in Jesus Christ. In verse 16, he goes on and he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. These young believers know they have Jesus in their heart. However, he's wanting them to understand the power of the Holy Spirit within them, that the Holy Spirit can empower them and that they have access to that strength. So he reminds them and tells them about the unlimited resources they have in the Holy Spirit. And in verse 17, he then goes on and says, And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. So first he explains to them about the Holy Spirit giving them the strength. Then he wants them to understand the importance of Christ being more and more at home in their heart. So they are believers. They already do have Christ within them. But he says more and more. What does that look like for Christ to be more and more at home in their heart as well as in my heart? So as I thought about that, I thought, well, Christ is within me, but there's areas in my life that I hang on to. So maybe an area might be that I don't trust God with my family. Or maybe I gossip. Maybe I'm self-righteous. Maybe I deal with anger. Maybe I have unforgiveness. Maybe I need recognition. Or maybe I'm too busy. Or maybe whatever. You fill in the blank. What is it that you hang on to that maybe keeps Christ from being more and more in my heart, that he is the center core of everything in your heart. What do you maybe need to surrender so that Christ will be more and more in your heart? And in verse 18, he then goes on and says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. And Paul knows here that if they are rooted in Christ's love and have the strength of the Holy Spirit, then they will have the power to understand God's marvelous love for them. He gives the dimensions here. He talks about how wide, how long, how high, how deep this love is. And what he's saying here is Christ's love is total. It is complete. It is eternal and all-encompassing. I can't help but think that this love is so big that it includes the cross and Christ outstretched arms for you. He is forever rescuing us and we are now with Christ. This love he has is sacrificial and other-centered. God never leaves us. He is waiting with open arms and runs to meet us.
And then he goes on in verse 19 and says, May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Not only know the love, he says, but experience the love of Christ. It is beyond the intellectual knowing. It is beyond studying scripture, being in Bible studies, attending weekly gatherings and small groups. It is the experiencing of his love. You may have experienced his love in many ways. Maybe it was through a difficulty that you might have gone through. Or maybe you returned back to him and experienced his grace and love. Maybe it was through a victory in your life, or maybe through circumstances that he revealed himself to you. I would like to just share you a bit of my story of how I experienced Christ. I became a Christian at around age 15. From ages 15 to 29, I had different times where I was growing and different times when I wasn't, different times when I really wanted to experience Christ and other times when I was satisfied. But when I became around 29, I joined a Bible study, and it was an intense Bible study for one year. In this study, we were studying the book of Acts and the book of Ephesians. It was during this time that this, as we were going through Ephesians, that I came across this very scripture, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It was through this particular scripture that my heart was completely opened and surrendered to God, that I experienced Christ through this scripture that I felt surrounded by his love and I felt that he loved me and that he just wanted a relationship with me. I realized it didn't have anything to do I was doing for him, but that it was all about his love for me, that he wanted me to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love was. He wanted me to experience more of him, to spend time talking with him, to trust in his ways, and for me to realize that I am his daughter. So as we experience God's love, we are filled with the fullness of Christ. It's that fullness because we now experience him. This fullness of God means nothing lacking. We do not need to look further to the world to fill us up. We only need Christ. Paul wasn't asking for possessions, power, position, recognition, security, etc. for these young believers. He was asking for strength in the spirit, for the ruling presence of the king of the universe in their hearts to be more and more at home for them to understand God's vast love and for them to experience the love of Christ and then be filled with the fullness of life and power. And then again, as Paul concludes, I can only picture him on his knees in prison, so full of Christ and passionate for this young church. And he's so full that he doesn't, that he goes ahead and ends with this closing. Now all glory to God 
who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He's concluding with, God gets all the glory. God can do anything beyond what we can imagine in community, together, and individual, in individually. Our aim is to give him glory and to worship him. So what do you sense God might be saying to you today? Maybe God is speaking to you about praying for someone to know Jesus' love. Maybe it's about where are you at spiritually? Am I surrendering my life more and more? Am I looking inward at what God might be saying to me? Is my understanding of God intellectually? What are my experiences with God's love for me? Do I trust God or do I need control? What is God saying to you today and what will your response be? Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we just come to you today and I pray, Lord, that we will experience more of you, that we will trust in you, that we will go to you and that we will surrender parts of our lives that we keep hanging on to. I pray for each person, Lord, that today they would go understanding your marvelous love for them. In Jesus' name, amen.